lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to uh, this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. David, how are you today? Great, as uh, always. I wanted to start today with the... Uh, we're going to have to start a new segment called Crypto Watch. Because, <laughs> seriously, I mean, last Thursday, we were recording this thing on Thursday. I forgot what day it was. It was the 8th or something of uh, January. And we were talking about Bitcoin that had just reached $40,000 per Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, over the weekend, you, and I think it, the, the lowest point was on Monday when it went all the way down to 30, uh, 29.5 or 29 something. No, it didn't break 29. I don't didn't break 29. I, I know 30 for sure. Uh, okay. I was just looking at the chart right there. So, But I didn't know if it was broken down enough. But uh, So anyways, it went down uh, 25, 26% in about three days. And uh, not only Bitcoin, but also um, Ethereum and some very major uh, cryptocurrencies. But... You know, and at that point, you start seeing all this, you, more you than me, all these Twitter comments about people saying, oh, see, I told you Bitcoin is a fraud and blah, blah, blah and all that it's shit. always the same thing. But at the same time, you have a guy saying, I hope you bought a dip or you're buying the dip because at that point, we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, but as always they say, this time is different, you know? So what is different about this time? Nothing. I mean, just Bitcoin went up. From basically ten thousand to forty thousand in what, like a month and a half? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, well, I mean, yeah, in a year it went from four thousand when it dipped. Something goes up. If something quadruples in a month and a half, you have to expect a pullback at some point. I was expecting one. Yeah. Um, and it pulled back, and now we're right back. It was a long, hard four-day bear market, <laughs> well, and then it went back. Yeah, I should have said that by today, as of this recording, uh, Bitcoin is up to 39.5. I think it actually did hit 40 again earlier this morning. So like you said, in four days, pretty much in four days, or in six days week. or so, in a week, it went from 40 down to 30. That's basically a 25% uh, dip, which in any other market environment, it will be like a major correction. And then, um, uh, and then it yeah. went. You, like, you see people saying, "Yeah, Bitcoin is now in a bear market." I'm yeah. like, in a bear market, it's up. I know. It, even when it went down, and the, it was still up 300 percent over the last two months. Yeah, yeah, and and you had to have consistent quarters of going down, down, down to have a bear market or recession or whatever. But this is not even the same comparison. It doesn't even compare. But anyways, after the consolidation, a lot of people uh, th- there are like. You know, I, I think now that I'm more familiar with Bitcoin and, and crypto in general, I mean, I've been investing or we've been investing or playing with it you longer than me, I think, but uh, for about five years now. So we've seen enough of this roller coaster Listen, ride. And every it, time, every time it goes up and it goes on a run, I always think the same thing. Man, when it dipped, I wish I bought more. I know. I know. Every time. So now when it dips like it did this week, I don't question. I just say, nope, I'm going to buy because I know every time I regret not buying when there's a dip. So did you buy the dip? I hope you did. I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that is true. But at the same time, I, I don't think uh, like uh, Bitcoin shouldn't be for... I know some people do speculate on Bitcoins and cryptos in general, but it shouldn't be for that. I think if you're going to be looking at Bitcoin every day, which I'm guilty of that, you're guilty of that, we do all the time just because of curiosity. But really, Bitcoin should be something that you, you just buy it and let it ride for like yes, I, five, I 10, look at the price, 15 years. I look at the price daily just because I like to. Yeah, and, uh, it kind of makes you feel good when you see it going up. Yeah, especially when it's going up. And because I know that, you know, the classic strong hands, weak hands. Right. I know I have strong hands. I know that I'm not going to see some fluctuation. Like, right. basically, I held when it went from 20 all the way down to three. So I've, I've seen it go really bad and I never sold and I kept buying more. So I'm not worried. But yes, when people ask me who are very nervous about buying crypto, and they're like, oh, should I buy Bitcoin? I tell them, if you do it. You need to buy it and then never look at the price. And just forget it. And yeah. just literally just let it go. come back in four years. Forget it, but don't forget your password. That's another thing. Yeah. 
uh, that has been in the news lately with somebody. I, I heard that somebody lost the password and it's like two hundred thousand dollars that they don't know how. Yeah, to Yeah, that was going around and huh? that was going around. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, the guy had a wallet that yeah. basically. Well, it's like everything, you know. It's just that crypto passwords are very, very uh, secure and not easy to recover. So, you know, we're actually getting pretty close. If Bitcoin can, continues this run and it gets to like a hundred thousand a Bitcoin, like some people think, um, Satoshi, whoever it is, or yeah, who, the founder, whatever the group, creator, will become the richest person in the world because <laughs> they have about eight hundred thousand. Well, Bitcoin. we don't know how much uh, Elon Musk owns on Bitcoin to add well, to his nobody. I don't know. I wealth. No I don't. I don't think he owns very much. I mean, he might own some, but. Uh, I mean, there's pretty wealthy people that own quite a bit. Mark yeah, Cuban. but Satoshi Nakamoto owns 800,000. Uh, uh, coins? Yeah. Wow. And uh, it's just there in the in the in in these old, old, old wallets. And it's never so been touched. So he pretty much owns about 5%, 6% of the whole yeah. Bitcoin uh, inventory. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's... So 800,000 Bitcoin when they're 100,000 a pop, that's 80 billion. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it also we're talking about investing. Did I get that right? Is that eighty billion or how much is that? Huh? Anyways, whatever. Uh, talking about investing, I'm forgetting it. Um, it. It doesn't help that Bitcoin doesn't stop trading. Basically, it's not like the stock market that you can see. You know, Wall Street opens at nine thirty and closes at yeah, uh, four thirty or whatever, uh, four. Um, but. Crypto, I mean, crypto basically is like any other market. I mean, it's 24-7. So even over after hours over the weekend, you see fluctuations and things that happen when you cannot do, uh, you basically, it's no market hours. So, but aside from that, I mean, I think um, I think the reason why I said before this time is different is because one of the things that I actually kind of realized this morning too is that when crypto was fairly new and new for people, not so much new. Uh, I mean, the technology has been around for like, you know, 10 years or whatever, whenever the first Bitcoin was mined or created. Uh, but now, you know, uh, in, in uh, this time, you know, 2021, it's like uh, crypto and Bitcoin is much more mature. So with maturity comes more trustworthiness from people, from investors, from people that were skeptical before. Now they start trusting it more. Even like we discussed the other day, institutions are now starting to put allocation into cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. So, you know, you expect this volatility to continue just because the market value is not compared to any other major stock or commodity. But, but at the same time, it has survived all these things. When you start saying, okay, well, it's kind of like build this kind of immunity as far as um, being able to survive dips and this and that and all these people that speculate and buy and sell and all that. But the underlying factor, the underlying value of Bitcoin continues to be there. And as it ages, it has more uh, well, so, uh, reputation. Some actually said this this week. I forget which investor it was, but he said he said it exactly right. And he said that, uh, that I think a lot of people don't understand that the higher the price of Bitcoin goes, that the safer it becomes as a investment. And some people say, well, no, because that means it's in a bubble. He said, no, it's it, people don't understand it. A lot of it is network effects. Bitcoin is a network in right. the same way. It, it, why is Facebook so hard to beat despite how many people don't like Facebook or trash Facebook and all that? Because Facebook has billions of users, and to beat a network with billions of users is very, very difficult. And so the bigger Bitcoin's network gets, the more valuable Bitcoin becomes, and the more entrenched it becomes too. And on a lot of ways, right now we're seeing the network effects with uh, uh, institutions, where all of a sudden some institutions started getting into it, and then more did, and more did, and now all of a sudden it's like every institution is saying, oh, we need to get basically our own yeah. allocation of Bitcoin. Um, and so then that's the network effect between institutions. But it applies to developers too, right? If you're if you're looking to develop in the uh, decentralized space, where are you going to go to? Are you going to go to some random project that who knows if it's even going to exist in two years? Or are you going to try to develop on top of Bitcoin and make Bitcoin better, which is the largest rate? So these networks effects apply to everything. And then eventually the ultimate network effect will be people 
using it. The reason why the dollar is hard to beat is because everybody uses the dollar, mm -hmm. right? But at some point, Bitcoin may surpass that. We'll see. I'm sure right. the government and, will do and, something and, about and, it. But keep in mind, we're in a situation now where the market, the stock market, um, has been like in another bull run for a long time. I mean, we had this kind of dip during the beginning of the pandemic about 12 months ago, basically February, March last year. And then from there on, with all this economy and the stimulus packages and everything else, the market has been uh, record highs again. So I understand that people are saying, okay, well, the market is more of a safe bet right now because it's more steady. And you can see, yeah, you're going to see a growth of maybe 10, 15% a year, but it's a sure growth of investing in companies that have brick and mortar solid stuff. But, but keep in mind too that the reason why those companies are of the stock is appreciating or very overvalued these days is because one, the Fed is buying um, uh, equities all the time. So it's basically the Fed printing money is causing these stocks and buying stocks is, is causing the stocks to go up. And then companies are also buying back their own stock, which is something that uh, you know some people agree with or not. I mean, a company when it make a, when a company makes a profit, they have two options basically. They they either give a dividend to the shareholders as a reward for trusting the stock or they decide to buy back their own stock, which by definition is also a give back to the shareholders because they increase the value of the stock by buying and having more more demand and less supply, which increases the value. Some companies may end up doing a mix of both, but that doesn't happen with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is on its standalone um, trade platform and trade value where it's not like it's not, it's not a company, so it's not like people can buy back more Bitcoin or anything, so it's growing on its own. So you can't compare it to stocks or anything. So um, I think, like me as an investor, I can't ignore the fact that Bitcoin or Ether or I think those are the two major ones at this point. They have a position as a portfolio um, diversification. You know, like if, if you go to invest. Yeah, you can put your money in the stock market because it's doing great now, but at some point that bubble will burst. And we've seen in history just tells us that it's going to happen. So when, nobody knows. There's thousands of people that say maybe this year, maybe next year, whatever. But whenever it happens, we know it does happen every five, six, seven years. We have a pullback, if not sooner. Crypto is different. It's in a different environment. The same thing with commodities, uh, whether it's metal commodities like gold, silver, or agriculture or whatever. You know, they, they have a different kind of uh, uh, growth. So... Definitely, I think, um, and I was a little skeptical when I started investing in uh, cryptocurrencies like five, six years ago. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put a little percentage, you know, just, just kind of play money type thing, you know. But now it's a little more serious um, part of the portfolio, like saying, okay, I'm diversifying and I trust this almost as much as I trust everything else, you know. So I need to consider this as a potential thing because I don't really know if the stocks are overvalued. When you see... Uh, price to earnings ratios from some companies that are like see i was gonna say, i think the opposite i think that actually the market is uh way overvalued yeah i mean yeah i mean at some point the market's gonna have to have a pullback right i mean you just have to look at the like like people were joking the other day and i agree like who looks at price to earnings ratios anymore yeah exactly it's like, that, it, that, was, that used to be the main don't even bother the main indicator on whether you are basically buying on what you, you think the company is going to be worth x years from now okay right. that's basically investing you don't buy on the current value of the company you buy on whatever you think the company will be worth years from now so you're anticipating that increase in value right but when that but, increase in value is so outrageous, I mean, a company is not going to grow like 500x, you know, anytime soon, especially if we say, okay, well, uh, that's impossible. I mean, you see, like you mentioned, I think it was last week, Teslas and, and, and uh, Shopify's and all these other companies that are like bubbling completely. And it's like, yeah, I love Tesla, but is it going to go like 300x? I mean, <laughs> just not, it's just not feasible, you know? So, yeah, Tesla's a unique one where there's a lot of reasons why it's going up, not just because of their earnings, but like, yeah, I like Shopify. I mean, I really like Shopify, but when they're valued at what, two, three hundred times earnings and yeah, they're growing and they'll, they'll grow more, but basically it's a great company, but the, the growth is already priced in to the stock. So there's no, I don't really see a whole lot of investment upside. And the right. only reason these stocks keep going up is because the Fed is pushing them up, right? The Fed is literally buying shares. Not just companies. our Fed, but all the central banks, 
all over the place, all over the world. That's the difference. That before it was just the, you know, with the Fed, which is our central bank, lowers interest rates. Some people want to make their money work for them. The only solution is to invest. And uh, so that's what investors will do. But now the Fed is also investing uh, in the stock market buying equity. So that that's a bunch of money that, that is obviously... Right. I, I, like, obviously, you have to look at the, the, the risk reward of any investment. Right. Right. And the risk of any... Right, the risk of Bitcoin is, oh, it'll go down 50% at any point, any given time, doesn't matter, right? It could, if we, I mean, it just went this week down almost 30%, just like that out of nowhere. So that's the, the risk with Bitcoin. But the positive with Bitcoin is, yeah, but it could also 10x in a right. year. Exactly. So, so you don't want to be on the sidelines if, if, if when that happens either. So, again, if if you are just being like a speculator or trader or day trader or something or weekly trader or something, you say, okay, I'm gonna buy coin today at 20, buy the dip at 30, and then hopefully it go to 40, and then I sell it and make 10,000 dollars right away. That's fine. If that's what you want, but you're gonna be hit both ways. I mean, that's that's very proven. Now, I think it's better to just put whatever. Um, well, if, you, if you're, it's totally different. It's totally different. Right. If you're a professional trader, okay, you can do that. But most people are not. No, I'm talking about not the professional traders. I'm, pro I'm talking people that say, okay, I have some money saved, and in my bank is doing nothing because I get zero interest. So I need to put it somewhere so it grows a little bit. Yeah, I can basically just leave it there, and it's nothing, and it's safe, but it's also depreciating because of inflation and everything. So I can put it somewhere. If I don't need the money anytime soon. And I can take a risk of maybe losing a value of the money, a, a portion of the money, but with an upside that is much better, you know, is the risk reward, like you said. I mean, nobody's going to, there's no investment that is 100% safe, basically. So, so unless you just basically don't invest and just put your money into a savings account and just let it sit there. Right, but even there, you're losing money. Exactly, that's the point. So, so you invest to make your money uh, at least beat inflation or do something. You say, okay, I'm going to put some money into... Uh, Bitcoin, and then I'm not going to look at it every day. Yeah, I may look at it every day or whatever, but I'm not going to act on it every day. I'm going to let it go for 10 years. And a lot of people need to be wrong if Bitcoin is not worth $100,000 in 10 years from now. You know, I mean, there's a limited supply. So that just, that alone tells you. 100000 in 10 years? Or more. I mean, obviously, I know. I mean, there's numbers that say. I think, I mean, I mean, uh, again, we've talked about this before. I think the. Well, I think Bitcoin will get into the six figures. I think once, like some people talk about Bitcoin a million and all that, that's, I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but I'm saying I think the big question mark there is just what are governments going to do? The $100,000 per Bitcoin is a, is a big psychological benchmark. Yeah, but we're not benchmark. that far from that. No, we're not. No, we're not. I mean, I mean it basically I, I, to again, double. I, I, pure speculation, don't listen to any predictions that anybody says especially me, but I think that there's not a bad chance that Bitcoin hits 100,000 this year. This year? Yeah. I, I don't know about this year because of a lot of things are going on too. And again, mm -hmm. again because the market is doing I think, well. No, because, dude, I, I mean, I've been through these Bitcoin bull runs before. Bitcoin doesn't go up steadily. Bitcoin goes up, base, is either flat or, or up or down a little bit for years, which is basically what it was. And then it skyrockets and all of that will happen in like normally the movements happen in like six month spans where all yeah. of a sudden it, I mean, in the last bull market, it went 20 X in, in, uh, basically six months, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> if we were to go 20 X from, uh, let's say where it was $10,000 Bitcoin, that would obviously be $200,000 of Bitcoin. Now, maybe we won't go 20 X, we go 10 X. Mm -hmm. But it's possible, right? Like the last, basically the last few times it's gone from all-time high to the next bull run all-time high, it pretty much 20 axes. So it went from 1,000 to 20,000. Mm -hmm. And so the, by that theory, it would go from 20,000 this time to 400,000. Yeah. Well, but I don't think it'll be that extreme. But the, if it 10 axes, that'd be 200,000. Right. 000. I mean, the growth also tapers as you get higher. And especially right. a lot of more people will hit their quote unquote um sell uh called you know mark where they say okay well i bought it at x price and then if yeah, it gets but I to think that number is, 50 I think or that 60 is pretty high yeah it could it, it depends i mean i think newer investors are probably a little more cautious and yeah, say the majority of the majority of bitcoin holders are people who have held for years it's not new yes investors. of course yeah 
but again, as, as you have more demand, it becomes more widespread. You're going to find all the investors that are basically individual mm-hmm. investors that say, you know what, I'm going to put out, I'm going to buy a Bitcoin or half a Bitcoin or whatever portion they want. And they say, if it goes up 50%, 100%, I know I could have another upswing or something, but rather uncomfortable just double my money. So they buy it at 20, they sell it at 40, and they're not happy. But again, somebody else will, will buy that Bitcoin too. So, all right. So, but the other thing that I wanted to go to is um, the, uh, uh, there's actually funny because I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but uh, when, when Jack Dorsey was talking about the uh, uh, Twitter's, um, let's just put it this way, Twitter banned uh, President Trump or, or banned the account for life, basically, permanently. Before it was like 24 hours, then they gave him like, I think, uh, uh, another warning or something. I don't know exactly the sequence of events, but they ended up just banning the account completely, not only that, but also other accounts that he was using to post tweets because they were detrimental to safety or promoting violence, whatever. I don't want to get into the political side, but Jack Dorsey said, on the one end, as, pres- as CEO of Twitter said, that sets a bad precedent. I don't know exactly his quote. Um, yeah, he said basically um, doing something like that is sets a dangerous precedent. Right. That it hurts the open and free ideals of the internet. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Which, which you go back to, to um, Jack Dorsey's and Twitter's previous responses to other accounts that were banned, whether they were conspiracy theories or this or that. They keep saying that they police things and they they are playing this balance act between freedom of speech and then not helping promote violence and other things. But beyond that, what I wanted to get back to the connection with crypto is that he said that he he mentioned indirectly blockchain and um, Bitcoin. No, no, he mentioned it directly. Well, he yeah. literally said Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so what was his? Um, do you know more of his? Uh, yeah, yeah. He had a little tweet thread. Right. He basically said. Um, he was giving his reasoning as to why they banned Donald Trump because he hasn't said anything about it. And mm-hmm. he uh, he said, I can, I can pull it up, but he said, uh, like, oh, you, we did it because of the safety and we didn't want right. to have public harm. But he says it sets a dangerous precedent and that it, like he doesn't take any uh, satisfaction in banning people that he said he sees it as a failure on Twitter's part every time they have to ban somebody. Uh, blah 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 and then he at the end he mentioned uh he said this is why uh i'm such a believer in bitcoin because bitcoin is not controlled by any single person or entity um and he said that they are still working which they announced a year ago on like a blockchain based twitter mm-hmm. which will be basically uncontrolled by decentralized anybody. right yeah um which which he like you said he's already said that for i mean i've heard that in previous interviews that he had that were obviously it's not something they could just whip up but it's, it's something they've been working on or thinking about for the last 12 18 months i think but the thing is that he did mention blockchain and, and bitcoin which he also with his other company the one that he's really more active uh, it looks like a ceo which is uh square um owns about 186 million uh dollars worth of uh bitcoin basically so he's so, I mean, he's significantly invested in Bitcoin. He knows it very well, and uh, he knows, obviously, the blockchain. And and that's what he sees the future of maybe the social media platform, Twitter, or whatever they end up calling it. I'm not sure if it's going to make a cop. Like, we even talk about here, like, the all-out, you know, Twitter. The Wild West The Wild Twitter. West Twitter that will be maybe decentralized and be in the blockchain, and then one that is monitor like a forum you know like saying okay there, we have some rules here if you don't respect the rules you will be banned and and that's another interesting conversation with that because i was thinking about you know this there's been so much talk about all these uh social media platforms um banning accounts um not just president trump's accounts but also accounts that supported him and and, and things like that and and then you start saying, okay, on the one hand, you hear comments saying, okay, they're all private institutions and they have their own rules. And you break their rules and they have the right to ban you. But at the same time, they've gone beyond being that. I think they've gone to become open um, forums for voicing your opinion. And then people say, oh, it's a freedom of speech. Yeah, you have freedom of speech, but the same thing in your company. You have the freedom of speech in your company, but you say something that goes against the company, the CEO or, the, or your boss has the right to fire you. You know, so the the thing that scared me much more than the Facebook and Twitter banning part was actually the uh, infrastructure companies banning 
like one thing is, you know, if, if you're Twitter or Facebook and you basically say, hey, listen, our platform is going to be uh, basically moderated by our, our rules. And so if you use our platform, you're going to have to follow our speech rules. No different than any other company, right? A comp internally in a company, you can basically say, hey, in this office, these are our rules, right? right? So companies can do that. But as long as there are, and they, as long as there are other competitors where they say, okay, and if you want to go to a place where you don't have these speech rules, fine, go to another platform. But then when other platforms like Parler and uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, basically other platforms get banned off the app store, right. and then not only that, that AWS, their yes. hosting yes. shuts them down, uh, Stripe cancels all payment processing, that's where it gets dangerous. That's where it's like, okay, so now, because one thing is if you're saying, hey, this is our platform and we want to have these speech ideals, but we're okay if you want to go to another platform and have different speech ideals. But when all of a sudden the infrastructure backend, I mean, that's basically shutting off someone's servers is no different than like, literally, if I don't like you, I'm going to shut off your electricity and your right, water. Exactly. I mean, that's what it is. You're shutting off a, mm -hmm. a company's electricity. Right. That's a whole different level. Right. That's what scares and I, me. And I compare that to, let's, for, let's just say that we are we go back 20 years with our social media and you have a like a real social club or something. And then you have some club rules where you say, okay, this is the club rules. And then this is what we do. We gather together. We have a lunch. We all have lunch, whatever. We can discuss whatever we want, but there's no fighting. There's no things. I mean, I, I go to many clubs, racing, whatever, where they say, okay, you can compete with each other, be very competitive, but there's no fighting in the pit lanes, whatever. You know, everybody has rules. And if you break those rules, you could be banned, you could be suspended, you could be all that stuff. So it's normal. So back in the days with our social media, or still today in, in other environments, you can be, uh, you're, you have a behavior that is not according to the club rules. You're subject to any kind of uh, disciplinary action, whether it's first warning, second warning, banned for life, whatever. So I, to a certain point, I do understand, like you said, that they, that these companies say, hey, we have these rules. and but, but at the same time, the problem that I have is that sometimes those rules are very inconsistent. And then it's when you get into, oh, that, they did this because they are Republicans versus Democrats and these companies are all very liberal. And they, that's also true, I think, that uh, it's very hard to be, it's like a referee, it's very hard to make the same calls equally for both teams. Sometimes you're going to err one way or the other. I don't know if they do it on purpose or not. Maybe maybe they do um, because the, the decision makers are more on the liberal side. And, and if I were supporting one person or another, maybe it's more difficult to be completely neutral and say, well, is it is, is what Trump said different than what the BLM people said or these violent rioters where they were looting companies and looting property and destroying personal property and vandalizing shit and... The Democrats were saying, oh, they're just uh, having their own freedom of speech and freedom of uh, demonstration and this and that. Okay, nobody was saying anything. Now, now on the Trump side, it's like, oh, he was inciting violence and all that stuff just because he didn't detract from it. So you can get into that debate, you know. Uh, but these companies do have at the end the right to say, okay, we're going to ban you or not ban you because you're using our property. But like you said, the... When but then when you start banning, I'm okay, like... If you actually have open competition of platforms, then fine. Platforms can just say, mm -hmm. I mean, it's no different because the, the, the slippery slope is like, um, for example, like in a, in a Facebook group or something, let's go very more niche. If you're in a Facebook group that's about a certain topic and then someone starts talking about all sorts of other topics and they say, hey, we don't talk about that here. You're and going you keep off doing topic. that. Yeah. We're going to get rid of you. Right. That's totally okay. Right. Right. If you want to talk about, right, it's like if you're in some group, the worst thing is when you're in some group about something and then somebody starts talking politics and say, hey, we don't talk politics here. You mm -hmm. know, you want to talk politics, there's plenty of places to go talk politics, right? right? So that's totally fine. But then when you say, uh, oh, no, but we're going to ban the competition too, so that the places where you can have total right. free speech, right. you're banned exactly. off the app store. Exactly. And then immediately after that, oh, you're not banned off the, just banned off the app store, but we're going to take your hosting away. We're going to take your payment processing away. I mean, this is how a business lives. We're going to take, take, take your store away. If you take, take away your, the hosting and payment processing, that is literally like a business's 
oxygen. Life lock. Yeah, you I know mean, that's it, shutting off the electricity and then sucking the oxygen out of a house. So yeah, I mean we, we consider ourselves uh, the the land of the free and the home of the brave and all this country with the most freedom and everything. And then when you think about it. I mean, that's what Russia and China and all these countries do to their companies. Right. And the worst part, too, is when people were saying, like, for Twitter, they're like, okay, so, like, the Ayatollah in Iran, yeah. he has a Twitter account. He's not banned. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, yeah, many. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then uh, Chinese Communist Party mm -hmm. propaganda accounts that were talking about right. uh, how they were euthanizing the Uyghurs, like, openly. Right. They weren't banned. And it's like, okay... Are we going to ban people or are we not? Because you can't just... And the other thing, too, is you can't just ban people. I mean, the Trump inciting violence, okay. There's. I don't want to get into that argument. Fine, whatever. But then when, like, Ron Paul got banned off Facebook, right? when he hadn't posted anything, I mean, he literally was like, I just, I have no idea well, what... He, he got banned based on his history more than his present. And, and it's like, just because you don't like people... Right. Doesn't mean you should just ban them. And this is becoming a thing where it's like now it's become it's not like before it was always like, oh, you have to have a threat. Like Twitter was always very clear that if you threaten people that we will ban you. And they've done that for years. And most of the time when people get banned, it's because they either threaten or, you know, a lot of people will make fake threats on Twitter. Right. That they don't really mean it. But. Twitter doesn't know, hey, we don't know. It's no different than like if I threaten you in real life, say, I'm going to beat your ass. And I say, oh, I didn't really mean it. It's right. like, well, okay, I, I don't I know. know. That's the really context thing. Right. But so that's one thing. But then if you just start banning people that you don't like, that, uh, and, and that's different. Thing, this, is a, this is a, another thing that I, I thought about this morning, and it's completely unrelated. I mean, it's related, but it's a different, completely example. And this is specifically Apple when you know they are such a strong privacy advocate and all that i do remember years ago when the san bernardino shootings and all that stuff the famous iphone that they wouldn't unlock for the fbi and all that stuff because they didn't you know the fbi was asking for the iphone for to, to track the the killers basically that the, the bomb and all that stuff and apple was basically saying no we're not going to do it because we preserve the uh privacy of our customers blah, 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 all that stuff and there was that big discussion whether they should do it or not Okay, those are basically terrorists that kill people in a parking lot in San Bernardino, California, and that was basically proven. We just need to have the iPhone unlocked and all that stuff. And some people said, okay, yeah, I, I respect Apple's position and all that stuff. But now this is the same Apple that decides to ban apps from the App Store for people that are utilize, utilizing an app for, to communicate their thoughts. So you start realizing that these companies have so much power in deciding what to do or not to do because you're going to be extra patriotic and um, defending whatever you think is defensible um, and saying, okay, well, we're going to ban all these apps and everything because they just put a big label on them saying they're becoming the alternative for radicals or whatever or inciting violence. But then when a person is using your device to actually cause violence and to cause a crime and a terrorist act, then you say, oh, no, we, we need to have privacy and we're not going to unlock it for the FBI. Right. I defend that if they want to do that other way, but it's like... I did too. I said, listen, know? Apple wants to preserve the integrity of their exactly. customers' privacy. I, okay. I agreed with them. Yeah, that's fine. But then, then at the same time, they mm -hmm. act one way and now a few years later, now we have... Uh, the president of the United States, I mean, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, again, I'm not getting into what he did or didn't do or how he did it, what he said or didn't say, whatever, but it's like, you cannot just cut his supply, you know, you cannot just basically act like, like a communist country, you know, I mean, pretty much you're comparing like, that, like Snowden went to Russia because he's like, okay, he's living much better than because he revealed, you know, acts of, uh, uh, against people's privacy, you know. And and all of I mean, and that's what Russian government will do on Chinese. I mean, they'll say, "Hey, this is our platform. You can use it. We're gonna monitor everything." That was the whole discussion with with um, um, TikTok and all that stuff, saying, "Okay, your information is going to China." That's what Trump was going to ban it because you're putting all the information going there and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, and now we are cutting off our own <laughs> freedom of speech. You know, okay. So I don't even want. And this is something that is. Uh, you know, well, this gets back to the decentralization. Exactly, and this exactly. is why this is 
but this that was is my why point. That it's de- not. Decent- I don't want to make it like it's a de- democratic thing or democrat thing or republican no, thing. No, it's not. It's just I, basically whoever is in government. I don't want. I don't want. Uh, I don't. You know, Republicans to ban Biden. I don't in like the future either. Or, or I don't like a lot of people. You know, there's plenty <laughs> of people that I don't like, and I wish I never had to hear from again. You know, it, but I don't think that they should be banned. I think exactly. people should have a voice. But that's why I think. People have been talking about decentralized internet for years now. I mean, many, many years now. And now I think the more broader public is realizing, oh, this is a big deal. Like, oh, these companies can just do that. Especially when it was like all at once, where all of a sudden every platform, infrastructure, uh, whether it was like, I mean, it was like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everybody banned him. And then AWS banned Parler and App Store and Google both at the same time banned Parler. And it's like, this is the two, I mean, who, who is using anything but Apple and Android other yeah. than like a few fucking hackers and, and out if, there? I mean, <laughs> literally. Yeah, and if so, you remember, yeah. Sorry, did you, did you finish? Or? No, I mean, I think that people kind of woke up. It's funny because, I, I mean, I saw plenty of people who were very left-leaning and hate Donald Trump who were like, mm, this is kind of crazy. And then especially, like I said, the thing for me more than Twitter banning Trump is that is when they started banning Parler and then cutting off the AWS and all that. That is, that's crazy. Are they, and that's the thing that when they say, oh, well, employees were complaining. Okay, now we're listening to employees to complain. So the company, or maybe there's an excuse to the company making a decision like that, saying, okay, we're going to just cut him off and suspend the hosting. <laughs> I don't get that. But the, the other point is that you remember it was, should I say, like three, four months ago when they had the congressional hearings where they were basically um, questioning all the big uh, tech CEOs and all that right. stuff. And they, you've had the famous uh, questionnaire from Tech Cruise and all that asking about. Um, an even treatment of different people on Trump and this, and uh, it's like it's like that. Um, I'll come back. It's like that didn't um, didn't do anything, you know. Like uh, all the all the conversation to basically say, hey, you guys need to be a little more neutral, or we're gonna basically separate you, or we're gonna be separating uh, the Facebook from the WhatsApp from the Instagram, and, and then Apple and the Apple st- App Store and all that stuff. It's like just a few months later, they're acting like like they can do whatever the fuck they want. Honestly, I mean, it's totally well, crazy. They can. <laughs> I mean, they can right now, at least under the current laws. There's nothing stopping them from doing what they just did. Um, but that's that's the truth. That's that's why you have to ask yourself who has the real power in America. It's like if you can – not to uh, steal from Naval, but he actually tweeted it very perfectly. He said, if you can silence the king, then you are the king. Right. Yeah, and, that's a great quote. And yeah. that's what it is. Right. I mean, it's it's that it's that simple. So, uh, listen. I mean, there's there's two, the. I think people get too uh, emotional about these things well, where they it, can't. It, I mean, think subject- I'm sorry. They can't think objectively about this. Like, like. I'm I'm very ready to move on from Donald Trump. You know, like I'm I'm, uh, it's over. Again, it's done. I'm not. And, this is yeah, I understand. And it's like let's move on. But it's it's not just like today it's Donald Trump. Tomorrow it'll be somebody else. That's the point. That's the thing. That's the point. Donald Trump is just it's just the uh, the almost the uh, straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, in this but situation. The thing. To, but I'm I'm talking beyond this case. To put it very. What if it, to put it very specifically, to put it very succinctly, basically what happened was the sitting elected president of the United States, whether you like him or not, whether you voted for him or not, I'm not a big fan, but it doesn't matter. He is the sitting elected president of the United States. Who, by the way, got, what, and, 70, 80 million votes? So he's a big chunk of the American voting population as far as popularity. Right. Okay. Let me finish. He's yeah. the sitting president of the United States who was elected, Okay. Whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. He is the president of the United States. And all of a sudden, the tech companies got together and basically said, we don't like this guy. We don't want him to be in power anymore. 
we're going to basically take all his power away from him. We're going to completely cut him off. The unelected, unaccountable tech companies who nobody chose who's in charge of them. Nobody uh, is regulating these tech companies. They can pretty much do whatever they want right now. They basically overthrew the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Right. Again, whether you like Donald Trump or not, doesn't matter. That's what happened. And it's like, think about that for a second. And then ask yourself, okay, who has the real power in this country? Is it the politicians or is it the media and tech companies who rule over them? I just wonder if it was the other round, like it could be in the future, you know, what would happen. I mean, back in the days, Facebook was very uh, much, I mean, they, they, Facebook was accused of helping Trump be elected with the Russian influx and all that stuff, which was never proven. And now they're also accused of the opposite. So I just wonder if if this was happening in the future to uh, the other side, whether it's Biden or who knows, another candidate or something, all of a sudden you you cut them off as far as giving them a platform to express what they need to say to defend themselves. Okay, well, that's completely... I mean, we're in the elections where you're supposed to have equal time for equal candidates. You have the stopwatch and oh, two minutes to answer, two minutes to answer. Okay, sorry, you went out of your time. And now it's like, <laughs> for this, it's like, forget the two minutes. It's like, you have nothing. You have no platform. We're going to cut you off, ban you, and you go to another place. We're going to ban the hosting. If you go create your own hosting, the government's going to cut off whatever. I mean, it's like, you're going to have to go door to door and make you know spread your word or your message or rely on people that are going to demonstrate and then say hey we're still like this person it's not like a minority i mean he has 70 million supporters that voted for him for uh, so well there is again and uh, this is not pro-trump this is pro-freedom you know saying okay it could be trump it could be something else but uh, there needs to be a way so you are not just totally ostracized, you know, for when you are the acting president for still two more weeks, you know, impeached or not or whatever. So, all right. Um, let's take a quick break. Let's take a break. Yeah. All right. We're going to get back into uh, some NBA news and all that stuff. Okay. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, uh, David. I wanted to um, end this week's podcast with uh, NBA news. You were telling me um, a lot of things going on with, um, well, first of all, there was a blockbuster trade yesterday. All I know is that James Harden is finally out of Houston and going to uh, New York, the Nets. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay, not exactly New York, but New York area to the Nets. Um, but I don't know the details. I know it was like multi-team, all that stuff is too complicated for my uh, basic mind to understand. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and give us a little bit of an update on it. just Not just that, but also NBA in general. Uh, yeah, people can look up the trade details. There's well, this is what we're here for. These well, are the trade details. There's, I mean, a million picks. Yeah. Uh, they gave I think f three firsts. Brooklyn gave three first round draft picks, and three pick swaps. And a pick swap just basically means, uh, like say the 2023 pick swap. It would basically mean whoever has the better draft pick oh, they, can swap they get the dip <clears throat> okay so brooklyn gave a bunch of picks to houston um and then they got james harden obviously but they also sent out karis lavert who is a good young player um and then they sent out uh, jared allen who was their center uh he actually went to cleveland so it was a four-team trade with uh uh houston brooklyn but then also um cleveland and indiana and then, so J Jared Allen went to Cleveland. Um, Indiana traded, got Karis LeVert, and um, I forget, another guy. Uh, and then they traded Victor Oladipo to uh, Houston. And Houston got, I think, one of Cleveland's first-round picks, Victor Oladipo. This makes me feel like this. the players are like pawns. I mean, they just basically get moved around. So, anyways, basically the point is, is like a major. People can look up all the details. Woj on Twitter. I'm sure if you're an NBA person, you know who Woj Adrian is. Adrian Uh You go look it up. He, he tweeted it. But basically, the the, the main headline is that uh, James Har Harden is Harding in is Brooklyn. James Harden is in Brooklyn, and I think you know the other better player would be. Basically, Karis LeVert, who was like the young, good player who a lot of teams were kind of interested in, he's now in Indiana, and Victor Oladipo is in Houston, which I didn't see coming. I'm a big Oladipo guy. I have not given up on him. 
I think some people have pulse his injury. I still think he can be the all NBA guy. As little as I know about basketball and the NBA, but I when I see him play, I see the guys. I I don't mind this for Houston because obviously Houston. I mean, they basically get to reset and rebuild, right? They had Harden for uh, seven years or something. Twenty thirteen. When did that? They won no championship with him, so. And so they, they had, had him for seven and they years. Had Chris and, Paul and they had all these, and they had Westbrook, <laughs> and they had all these, and basically he... I mean, they, they gave it a good shot, right? The 2018, they came very close to basically getting that championship. They fell short uh, in Game 7 when Chris Paul got injured uh, to the Warriors. So, you know, they had their chances. And then after they traded... I thought trading Chris Paul was a bad decision. It was Chris Paul wanted out because they basically stopped getting along with Harden. With Harden. Uh, so did Westbrook, by the way. Yeah, uh, and so I, Wall but anyways, also doesn't get along on, with hold Westbrook. On, hold on, hold on, <laughs> stop. Uh, uh, and so, no, but for Houston, basically, okay, you had a guy. I mean, it happens. Listen, you have a guy for seven years. All right, it didn't work out. Let's move on. You know, it's like a divorce. It's like, all right, we tried it, didn't work. Seven year itch. Let's exactly. let's let's move on. So, okay, whatever. Now he's on Brooklyn for Houston. They have Victor Oladipo, who I like. Uh, he'll be there for one year, and then they can decide if they want to re-sign him or not. That'll be an interesting team, team Oladipo and uh, John Wall and Boogie but Cousins. And then you have the big one, which is Brooklyn now. I was thinking about this yesterday. If you're talking pure, raw, offensive talent, not best team, but pure raw offensive talent. This may be the most talented offensive team in the history of the Assuming NBA. they all show up because Kyrie Irving is a yes. wall. But no, but I mean, seriously, I mean, I was thinking about it. I was like, pure raw talent offensively, this may be the best team ever. Again, if they all show up. And the, okay. I, no, I'm Enough serious. with your snarky jokes. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I'm being honest for a second. Hold on. And so, and that's basically, if you're Brooklyn, that's why you do this trade. You say, listen, with... Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, as far as pure raw offensive talent, is the best team in the history of the NBA. As far as that. that does, I'm not saying they're the best team in the history of the NBA. They're not. But we know. But that's the upside. And the upside is if you can get... The, the question is not the talent, right? The question is just, can you get these guys to all play together and to buy in together? Chemistry, exactly. And Because if you can, right? If, if you can get all three of these guys to buy in and then their teammates, obviously, to buy in too... This is the best team in the league. I mean, it's just not. It's not a question. Right, but we so, know we know other examples of uh, now dream team type things like super teams, like when LeBron went to Miami and got Chris Bosh, and he was obviously yeah, but they joined won two championships. Wade, and it wasn't like a sure deal. I mean, they they yeah, but they won two championships. They won two championships out of what the first year they didn't win it. They lost they lost to yeah, Dallas it's, and they it's, lost to San Antonio. It's hard to win the first year, right? I mean, I mean I'm not I, I, again. We don't need to get into like this. No, no, no. 10 I know, no. Ago, but I'm but, saying that that just having all these all stars doesn't automatically mean a championship. No, it doesn't automatically mean. Right. But and they also know. said the Nets were going to be very strong when when they already had Kevin Durant in full yeah, power I mean, and new coach, new head, new. Uh, I kind of coach. was liking the team already. I mean, they've had their hic- the the bummer was that Spencer Dinwiddie, who was kind of the main guard, the third ball handler on the starting lineup with Kyrie and KD, that he got injured. Mm-hmm. He tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. So that was the bummer. Um, but the team was super deep. Because they had Karis LeVerse, they had guys like Torian Prince, Joe Harris. How are they doing this year so far? Uh, they're not doing great right now, record-wise. But again, it's hard because they had COVID. Like Kevin Durant missed games because of COVID, and then he. But he, he already had COVID before. Um, that's weird. I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, this year, all the the don't look at anybody's records right now. It's too up in the air everybody's half the players have missed canceled games missed games because of covid whatever so it's it's too early small sample size um but but i think longer term they looked really good and that they you know as they developed they would have been a who will be team. their um i mean but, the west we know is very competitive but who will be the rival in the east i mean obviously the bucks Giannis, and uh it's Celtics still a contender and the sixers yeah i mean yeah, I mean, you know, typical teams for the last few years in the East, but they're the favorites in the East for they sure. They are now. Okay. Yeah, I think they already were, and now they definitely. So are. you think Harden will definitely out blend in with with? Uh, I mean, he's going with his previous mm. uh, previous coach with uh, Antonio is now the assistant coach. 
Uh, then blend Steve Nash, in? I mean, I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean? Which will, will he basically get along with uh, Durant again? I mean, they're they're very good friends, him and Durant. That's one of the reasons this <clears throat> this trade happens. So, yeah, but I think it's hard to go from the t from being the man on your team to now yeah, exactly. being the second guy. Who's he's going to be the second guy? No shit. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant is the best player in that right, team. Right, I know. So, but that Harden so, knows that. Because Harding already played under Durant. Wow. And then he went away from Durant to be the main guy. He didn't go away. He got traded. Okay, he got traded. But basically, he was the sixth man of the year when he was uh, with yeah. Oklahoma. And then he went to Houston to be the main man. And then that didn't work out with all the other... My bigger question is actually with Kyrie. Because Kyrie's well, now the third guy. Yeah. And uh, the whole reason Kyrie left LeBron in the first place... He didn't want to be he, the second guy. Because he didn't want to be the second guy. And then he went to Boston. And now he's the third guy. So... Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's been talked about to death, Kyrie Irving. I mean, there's not much more to say. The guy is yeah. his own rogue entity. Uh, he disappeared for a week. He hasn't showed up to any games in a week. And uh, he's been seen at like birthday parties and politician town halls. And I don't know what he's up to. He's not communicating. I'll say ban him from Twitter. He's not really communicating with the team, apparently. So I have no idea. I'm not going to speculate on what Kyrie Irving's up to. I, I can't tell you. It's anybody. It, it's like, it's funny because Kyrie Irving is, uh, especially when he was in Cleveland. I mean, he was my favorite player. He was to good. Watch. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, the, the finals when they beat Cleveland. I'm sorry, when the they beat um, the Warriors when he was with Cleveland. Um, that was the highlight. Oh, I mean, yeah, that me. was his peak. Because obviously peak. he had yeah. the, the famous game where both him and LeBron scored 40 right. something right. points. And, and, I, and I did like back. him there. I mean, he was unbelievable. Movement, changing directions, ball handling, everything. I mean, yeah. it was, he's, I mean, and, and he there, still has that. I mean, when you watch... As far as I know, back then, he didn't have much of an attitude. He was just kind of like a competitive player. But I think he didn't develop that kind I of... Uh, I mean, it, you watch him. I mean, he's still that. I mean, I'm watching him on the... I've been watching Nets games, and he's still, when he's playing, it's like... When he's on, he's on, man. And there's a reason why people put up with his shit because he's that good. And the same thing with Harden. I mean, at the end of the day, the reason why teams put up with all this shit these guys pull is because they're fucking good, you know? Yeah, but they're, and they're, it's a team James, sport too. James Harden was at strip clubs, and then all of a sudden, the first game of the season, he comes out, he scores 40 points. Yeah, but you, know, but and that's, you that's, need to realize too, I mean, you, you mentioned yesterday I, how... Hold on, I'm not, saying that they're not, I'm not saying that they're right, but I'm saying the reason why... People, listen, if you're a bench player and you pull the same shit that these guys do, you get cut from the team. But these guys can pull it. No, but I'm not talking about good. what they do as far as being prima donnas, how they act and all that stuff. I'm saying about how little, like in the case of Harden, even his teammates were basically saying that oh, he was I completely agree. disrespectful. I agree. So, disrespectful. so a, lot of, a lot of players are prima donnas with ownership, with this and that, but they are very good team players in the in this. Like, I mean, I, I can see in soccer, like Messi's and Ronaldo's and other players that are like, they're very much entrenched with their teams and the team players, the, 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 the players love them as leaders. Now they are also uh, rogue or something I with ownership, hard. but Harden is, I think is it's never hard been... to love Harden when you play with him, because, at least when he's in Houston, because the whole thing is around him. Like, I mean, he has the highest useless rate in the league. He's just dribbling the hell out of the ball, ISO ball all the time. And he does it because he's one of the best ISO players ever. Um, and so that's why they did it that way. And obviously, Daryl Morey, when he was the GM, they built the team around James Harden. And it was basically, he's one of the best players. I still don't understand how they got Westbrook on the same team, too, when they're both. That was... I, I don't think that was Daryl Morey. I think that was the James Harden wanted Westbrook and the Rockets had new ownership and the ownership wanted to please Harden. And so they got Russell Westbrook. And it's that simple because because Russell Westbrook can't shoot. And Daryl Morey is the guy who basically said, yeah. I want threes and layups and that's it. And so there's no way he brings in a guy who can't shoot threes. All right. So, But the point is, yeah, listen, they make it work if they can get them all to align. They're the best team in the league. It's that simple. And that's why Brooklyn does it. Now, the negative side. Harden has two years on his contract. Uh, Katie and Kyrie, I think, both are on two or three-year contracts. And they're all making... If it blows up, if it doesn't work, 
and these guys blow up and all separate. These, these three guys alone had like 120 million dollars per it's year. It's not about the money. It's about okay. them leaving. Yeah. If they if this blows up, they just traded all of their first round draft yeah, picks yeah, yeah. for the they're next fucking done. decade. Yeah, yeah, they're basically dead in the water. Yeah. Um, and if you remember, they they've <clears> done this before. I don't know if you recall, but the Nets traded for Paul Pierce and um, yeah, 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 Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett yeah. and they traded a ton of first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Well, you know who those draft picks turned into? Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for yeah. the for, the, for them. Celtics, yeah. And uh, there's another player that it turned into too. But basically, those Nets picks turned into franchise guys yeah. in the future. I hope that doesn't happen again for the Nets. That would be rooting, their problem. I'm rooting for the Nets because I love Steve Nash. And I want Steve Nash to get a ring. Um, yeah, since he didn't get it as a player. He I, I, I like Kevin Durant. I do like Kevin Durant. I feel for the guy that he basically went, won two finals MVPs with the Warriors and won championships, and nobody gives him any credit. Fair. Okay, he went to the fucking 73-9 and nine team. So, okay, you should know that. But he still was the best player on that team and he won two finals MVPs and people act like he's a nobody. Okay. So I, I think that, uh, we'll see now. Okay. The, the, the more, hold on, hold on. We have 60 seconds left. I, mean, I want to wrap it up, but I want to discuss the projected Are we on a timer. Do the, we have to go to commercial break? Yeah, or? we need to go to commercial break, which is basically back to work. But, um, no, I wanted to ask you about the projected Western conference finals between the Lakers and the Suns. Ah, um, yes. what do you say about that? I think I think right now the Suns are the third best team in the West. First Lakers, second Clippers. Yeah, right now. Okay. And the Clippers, I think, are very beatable. They don't look great. Yeah. Okay. Suns are doing actually much better than I expected. I even watch myself these days sometimes. Just no, you, to, don't. you You don't me. watch the Suns. <laughs> but uh, a little bit. I'll get there after the All Star break. I mean, the, the the argument for the Suns is very simple. With the third best defense in the league right now, <clears throat> the offense has been shit. Devin Booker, Chris Paul uh, are still learning to play with each other. Nicole Bridges is doing very well too. It's been it's been eleven games, so it takes time to build the offense. Mikel Bridges looks like an all defense guy. Um, and he's sh- shooting the hell out of the ball. The team has the depth. And basically, Chris Paul and Devin Booker have not actually played that well. The offense hasn't been that good. And we are 7-4. and four. Um, And I just think that if you give us 60 more games, that so, will be pretty good. So record-wise, 7-4, and four, the Suns, uh, Lakers are 7-3. Ten, ten oh, they've played that many games, huh? Because the Suns have canceled games now. Which is a whole okay. Other thing. Well, what's my final question? So, COVID is starting to have a serious effect on the uh, on the NBA. Before, obviously, they finished this season in the bubble in in Orlando, and that kind of was a control environment. Now they're playing normal schedules with no fans, whatever. But you know, they're traveling and all that stuff. So now they're having canceled games, including the Suns, who didn't play yesterday. They were supposed to play. And now they're tomorrow just got canceled. And now too. tomorrow got canceled too. So. We're seeing not just the Suns on the the Suns that yeah yesterday teams. last night Wednesday night we're recording this Thursday there were three canceled games three canceled games yeah right and making up those games can be tough when they start accumulating so yeah. what what do you think is going to happen or what are people saying the the, the people that are well into the, the NBA board of governors which is like all the owners and GMs met and they basically said we're going to have to be a lot more strict uh, and they gave their new guidelines and I think they're going to start fining guys for not following protocols because nobody's been fined yet what protocols are they not following as far as uh, like personal in the, on the game the game time or outside of the I game think outside okay yeah like going out parties and things like that yeah okay because i heard something about not allowing them to high five or shit like that yeah but that's, that's kind of silly yeah. because i mean you're touching the player in defense yeah. and everything and I mean, then you don't high if five. you're playing a whole game yeah and then they're like oh but they shouldn't like talk pre-game or post-game it's like yeah but they're playing each other yeah the yeah that's kind of I, mean, I think that's kind of dumb. yeah the main thing is what they're doing outside of the court basically right. not to bring the virus in right um and that's where they're gonna have to be a lot more strict okay so. yeah i mean it's a tight season they already reduced it from uh, 82 to 72 games <clears throat> and now they start canceling games which it's not that easy to reschedule when affect multiple teams. Well, the reason times. they have the season set up, they only have it scheduled through March, and they did that on purpose because they, they anticipated that they'd have to cancel games. And so they only scheduled through March, and then in March, after the All-Star break, they're going to do um, basically a new schedule and probably okay. will make up a lot of these games. 
And then they'll probably make, maybe they'll even make a bubble or something for the no. second half of the season. No bubble. They're not doing a bubble. They're not going to do that? No. Players I mean, they don't it. have fans, fans anyways at the stadium. The so. players hated it. They're not doing oh, a bubble. Oh, they did? Again. Yeah. Okay. Players don't want to live in a hotel room for three months again. Yeah, but is it that or not playing? I mean, I don't know. All right. Any other um, NBA news that, uh, so far? No. So aside from this blockbuster trade affecting four teams, anybody else trade anything? Or... No, I mean, the other one was going to be Ben Simmons for uh, James Harden. And that right. looked like it was going to happen. Yesterday, it was literally, they're, they're saying, it looks like it's a done deal. And then at the very last minute, the Nets made the other deal. And so Ben Simmons is staying with the Nets. Or, I'm sorry, with the Sixers. With the Sixers, and that, that team stays the same. So was there a trade, uh, a trade deadline or something at that point? Or it was just that it was just kind of brewing? No, it was okay. that James Harden was he give, giving was, up on the team. Right, right. Okay. All right. Well, I was going to uh, talk about F1 news too, but we unfortunately we ran out of time, and the F1 season doesn't start now until March, late March now. Oh, we have plenty of time to talk about it. Yeah, I know. So, by the in, in fact, this new this new news almost every day. I just found out this morning. By the way, speaking of COVID, that uh, uh, Charles Leclerc also have COVID now. Uh, he got infected. He he tested positive. He has mild symptoms, whatever. But now he's the fifth driver also with COVID. Uh, last week he was landed. Norris, one of your uh, favorites from McLaren. So it's the same thing with the play, with the drivers. Basically, they're now in the off season and they are hanging out. And they were both in uh, Abu Dhabi, I think, hanging out, partying with friends and stuff, and no mask, whatever. And then they all came back and got it. So during the season, they were very strict with their policies. They were testing them like airport, racetrack every day, blah blah blah, all that stuff. And now it's just uh, yeah, not happening. They'll so figure it out. But anyways, they don't, they don't, it's not affecting anything because they don't start until March anyway. So, all right, guys. Well, that's all we have for today. We did a lot of heavy uh, crypto on, you know, platform, deep platform and uh, cancel culture in the beginning. And then we ended up with some NBA news. But uh, uh, we'll have more, more information next week and a new president as well. We'll see you soon. Right. Bye-bye.